In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, cleanse my heart and my lips, Almighty God, that I may proclaim your gospel worthily. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things came to be. Not one thing had its being but through him. All that came to be had life in him, and that was? That life was the light of men, a light that shines in the dark, a light that darkness could not overpower. A man came, sent by God. His name was John. He came as a witness, as a witness to speak for the light, so that everyone might believe through him. He was not the light, only a witness to speak for the light. The word was a true light and enlightens all men, and he was coming into the world. He was in the world that had its being through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own domain, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who did accept him, he gave power to become children of God. To all who believe in the name of him who was born, not out of human stock, or urge of the flesh, or will of man, but of God himself. The word was made flesh. He lived among us, and we saw his glory. The glory that is his as the only son of the father full of grace and truth. John appears as his witness. He proclaims, This is the one of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he existed before me. Indeed, from his fullness we have all of us received. Yes, grace in return for grace. Since through the law was given through Moses grace and truth, have come through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is, the only, it is the only Son who is nearest to the Father's heart who has made him known. The Gospel of the Lord Some would naively argue that the concept of the Logos, translated as the word in St. John's lyrical prologue, was something radically new an appropriation of a Greek philosophical concept. But in the Book of Wisdom in the Old Testament, we find not just a subtle and distant hint, but a blaring proclamation of the movement of the eternal word. For while all things were in quiet silence, and the night was in the midst of a course, thy almighty word leapt down from heaven from thy royal throne as a fierce conqueror into the midst of the land of destruction. As if most holidays, Christmas journey tends to be a noisy feast filled with strong, joyous carols proclaiming, For unto us a child is born, joy to the world, angels we have heard on high, go tell it on the, on the mountain, etc. And this is all true and very good and very beautiful. But there is also a silence to be contemplated, a silence that is often missed and dismissed. The great things that God works within his creatures naturally happen in silence, in a divine movement that suppressed all speech. But what could we say? 
Thus God's heavenly secret is kept under the seal of silence unless he himself opens the lips and makes the words come forth. And this is what happened, as the Book of Wisdom said it would happen. For while all things were in quiet silence and the night was in the midst of a cause, thy almighty word leapt down from heaven, from thy royal throne. The word himself, God, the desire of all nations, leapt down from heaven in quiet silence, physically took on silence, becoming a newborn human, an infant. And in that wonderful silence in the stable, Mary and Joseph looked at Jesus for the first time and contemplated the mystery of his birth in silence. Today, in the midst of our revelry and celebration, we are called to adopt an atmosphere of silence if we wish to grasp the mystery of his incarnation and hear his gentle whispering. When a book of wisdom tells us that the Almighty leapt down from heaven, from his royal throne, as a fierce conqueror into the midst of the land of destruction, the author was reflecting on the death of the Egyptian firstborn at the time of the Exodus. The Almighty God reached down from heaven as he had promised to Moses and slew the firstborn of the Egyptians so that all might know that the Hebrew people were his chosen. God proved victorious, and in so doing, true death gave life to his people. Now the church takes that profound and inspired meditation on the victory of life over death and offers it to us as a reflection of what Christ will do. Once Christ is born, a life like no other has entered the world. In this child, the almighty word that leapt down from heaven, we encounter an unconquerable life, a life that is reminiscent of what went on before, but surpasses it in power and fullness. He came so that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Although the incarnation took place in silence and the divine movement often takes place in silence, there is also a silence which is imposed by force and violence, a silence which seeks to silence God's word. St. John tells us that he, that is the word made flesh, came to his own domain and his own people did not accept him. It should come as no surprise, therefore, that Christmas, a reminder of the birth of the Son of God, must be removed from the public square and its message silenced. Because the message of Christmas, one of life, threatens the prevalent culture of death. The human race has always known violence to innocence, evidenced by the actions of Pharaoh and Herod in the last century Hitler and Stalin. While adults can make their voices heard in protest, the unborn, the sick and the elderly are easy targets because of their natural silence. If no one speaks for them on their behalf. Today, that struggle manifests itself in new and frightening ways, with the proliferation of abortion mills and passing of legislation which legalizes the murder of innocents, the sick and the elderly, and which seeks to silence dissenting voices. The violence has become customary, normalized, more imaginative and terrifying. But our Lord shows us that life is ultimately victorious. Life conquers through its ability to empty itself out. 
power of Christian faith manifests itself most especially in being what the world is not. To arrogance, it counters with humility. To cynicism, it reacts with innocence. To deception, it responds with truth. To glamour, it demonstrates with simplicity. To death, it responds with life. To a cacophony of noise, it offers silence. Christian faith is simply the opposite of everything that the world would expect and want. It offers mud when the world wants gold and silver. This is what Christmas is all about. Christmas bears a dangerous message which threatens our world, and yet it carries with it the only message which can save the world. But there is great irony in the liturgy of the Church. In celebrating a humble birth, quiet birth, we offer our best. We offer our gold and silver. To the silent entry of the word into our world, we offer our voices in songs of praise and wonderment. We enrich the liturgy with the best that we can offer because the accoutrements of the rituals manifest the beauty of a world that is not ours and thrust us forward and upward into an unimaginable beauty, a sign of the world to come. Today we come to the manger offering our best only because we have acknowledged the worst in us, the noise we make in competition with God's sublime word, the mud we have covered ourselves in, our sins, our weaknesses and shortcomings. We take courage also in knowing that the word broke his silence and entered into the noisy madness of our world as he stepped into the mud of our fallen existence. Yes, the eternal word which leapt down from heaven from his royal throne has stepped into the filthy mud in which we are mired. We were once formed from dust, but now our Lord gives us new life by remolding the mud of our being into a new creation. There is every reason for us to break our silence today and announce, indeed from his fullness we have all of us received, yes, grace in return for grace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.